In today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of knowing how to receive in order to succeed in your life purpose. If you're someone who struggles to receive, receive a gift, compliment, or blessings in general, you won't want to miss this episode. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you are having an amazing week. And today, I want to talk about receiving and in particular, someone who has difficulty receiving anything, receiving gifts, compliments, blessings, because this was me for a long time in my life. There were there was a time where when I was in high school, I had difficulty just receiving pizza that friends brought over and refused to eat it. I remember one time they they brought pizza, they were gonna feed us dinner, my brother and me, and I like refused to eat the pizza. And I went up in my room and stayed there the whole, you know most of the evening while my friends and my brother had this pizza, and uh, even receiving compliments that was hard for me. I would I would consistently demean the compliment or deflect it, and there was this realization that I had over time that when people would do that to me, when I would give someone a compliment and they wouldn't actually receive it, they would deflect it. I stopped giving that person compliments. And so when I looked at what was happening, that I was unable to receive certain things and how it was damaging my relationships, really got me thinking where what is what was causing me to not be able to, to receive something? I was I was acting in what I thought was a humble approach where, you know no, you don't have to do that for me. If someone wanted to get me a gift, no, no, you don't have to do that for me. I thought I was being kind, but I realized there was self-deception that was present. Instead of being humble, it was actually really arrogant of me to demean someone's compliment. It was arrogant of me to not receive someone's gift of bringing pizza over something as small as that. And that's what I want to talk about today, that when you have difficulty receiving, you have the identity of a slave, someone who is a servant. Instead, if you're a believer, a follower of Christ, you're a son and daughter of the king. And you're not a slave. You're not a servant. And so the problem is, or the pain that is caused when you identify more as a slave and a servant, is that you don't feel worthy. You push people away. You push things away. You have this feeling of not being good enough. And there's your life is full of strife, trying to prove your worth, trying to show others that you are worthy or get, get confirmation from others that you're worthy. But it's, it creates this cycle of shame, this feeling of being unwanted, just insignificance. And here's the thing is that you don't only reject or like are unable to receive things for yourself, but there's also a belief that when someone else receives something, that it actually takes away from what could be yours. You subconsciously believe that a blessing for someone else costs you. 
And therefore, if you're viewing someone else's blessing as a cost to you, you go through the cycle of not feeling worthy. Like that cycle continues. You inevitably compare yourself and you come to the conclusion that since someone else received this blessing, that they're more worthy than you. Now, that can be a dangerous thing. That can create a lot of judgment. It can create a lot of bitterness. And it can create a lot of, like we've, like I've already said, like shame, strife, insignificance. And if it never changes, you'll continue to cultivate an environment where you, you cut people down and judge them according to how you view yourself. If you view yourself as unworthy, then you're going to view them as unworthy. And you stay in the same cycle that produces the same unsatisfying results because you will always produce the environment around you that you cultivate inside of you. And if you're cultivating an environment full of shame, insignificance, feelings of unworthiness, then that's the environment that you're going to produce around you. And if I know anything about you, if you're listening to this show You want to live a life that Christ died for you to live and to make a difference for his kingdom. Like that's not what you want. That's not the result that you desire. You want to live a life that is characterized by extraordinary generosity and blessing to others. You want to live a life of joy. You want to be satisfied. You want to delight in the king. You want to delight in your God. Delight in others. Delight in your family. You don't want to judge others. You don't want to feel unworthy. And you're working to make those changes. Once again, that's why you're listening to this show. Because you have a desire to become more. You have a desire to be the person that God created you to be and that he is drawing you towards. And he uses those desires to help you become more. But if you're never able to receive those desires that he's put in your heart, if you continue to reject them, then you're never going to get to that place that he has for you. You'll never reach that person in this life that he's created you to be. And there's an interesting statistic when it comes to lottery winners. This was fascinating to me. I was reading a couple articles about it. And the statistic is that lottery winners are more likely to declare bankruptcy in the next three to five years than the average person. So someone who receives a large influx of cash that they won with the lottery, they're now more likely to go bankrupt in the next three to five years than the average person. And there could be multiple reasons for that. There are articles that talked about this where maybe they feel pressure to share with share the money with their friends and family, or they view that money differently than the money that they've earned, which is interesting to me. Because if, if they feel like they've earned that money that they've worked for, but the money that comes in with the lottery, they haven't earned that. Maybe they feel unworthy to receive it. So they view it differently and spend it frivolous, frivolously. You know, they, it could be that they spend things on, spend money on things that they don't need, like multiple cars or houses or you know, there's there's an article that said that they don't get professional advice. Maybe that's the answer. Or that they get in a state of depression and spend more money on drugs and alcohol because it's the weight is just too much. 
So there could be multiple reasons on the outside, but I would submit to you that the reason lottery winners are more likely to go bankrupt in the next three to five years than the average person is because they have a tough time receiving. They don't feel worthy to receive that large sum of money, even if they want it. And so subconsciously, they're pushing it away. Subconsciously, they're making decisions, whether it be pressured by their family and friends, whether it be trying to prove their worth through buying big houses and big cars to show that, no, they are worthy. I have these things, whether it be suppressing their feelings through alcohol and drugs, whatever it may be. These are all subconscious reasons that they're pushing it away because they don't feel worthy to receive. And so I want to talk about the story of the prodigal son. If you're familiar with the Bible, you can find the story in Luke chapter 15. And it's a story about two sons who their father is a wealthy person, wealthy man. And the younger son goes to his father and asks for his inheritance early. And he goes out, leaves his father's house and, and blows the money quickly. You know, kind of like those lottery winners, you know, since he, he becomes bankrupt in a short amount of time. Well, while the younger son left, the older son stayed with his father and continued to do the work for the family. And so as the younger son was blowing his inheritance, trying, trying to survive, he found himself eating pig slop with pigs. And he, he realized like, this is crazy because the servants in my father's house have it better than I have it right now. And he had the idea. He thought, I can go back to my father's house and ask to be a servant because I know that they have food to eat and I know they're taken care of. So he identified as a servant. And as he's going back to his house, his father's house, he's practicing this line in his mind that says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he's on his way back to his father's house. And in the story, his father sees him from a long ways out, runs and greets him, throws him a big hug. And he wants to celebrate his return, celebrate the return of his son. And the father receives him with joy and gladness. And what's interesting is that as this party starts to, to happen, the older son finds out what's going on and he gets angry with his father. And he says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. So notice the key here. The older son is well identified as a slave, as a servant. Because he said, all these years I've been slaving for you. The younger son came back and said, I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me a slave. The older son was in his father's house and said, I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders and you haven't given me anything. And what's amazing to me is what the father's response is to the older son. He says, my son, look, he identified that it's his son. He sees him as a son. He doesn't see him as a slave. He says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He is lost and is found. So the two sons identified as slaves, as servants, and the father never changed his perspective on them. They were both his sons and everything he had was theirs. 
Everything I have is yours. And that's such a powerful perspective. That's such a powerful transformation. Because if you are a believer, you are son and daughter of the king, God of the most high. And Ephesians 2.6 says that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly, heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So we are with him in the heavenly realms sitting at the right hand of the throne. We're not servants. We're not slaves. We're his children. We're, we're his heirs. And I'd ask you, what would change in your life if you received the identity of a son or daughter of the Most High God? What would change if you heard the words from your father to say, you're always with me and everything I have is yours? Everything I have is yours. Like, what if that were available to you? Because when you look at John 10.10, Jesus said that, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you may have life and you may have it to the full. So Jesus said that he came to give us life and that we may have it to the full. And that Greek word for full means superabundant or superior in quality. Some synonyms would be exceedingly abundant, above more, beyond measure. So Jesus said he came so that we may have life to the full. So he came to die on the cross to rescue us so that we may have life to the full. But there's a warning. He says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy? Maybe that full life that Jesus came to give us? That life that's super abundant, superior in quality, that's above more, beyond measure. You know the enemy wants to take that from you. So he wants you to identify as a slave and not as a son and daughter of the king. So hold that thought for a second. Your father is saying, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. And Jesus is like, yeah, I came, died on the cross to give you a life that you may have it to the full, a superior and quality life, a life that's exceedingly abundant, above more, beyond measure. That's the word he used. What could be possible for God's kingdom if you received that identity, if you receive that life, the life that's full, beyond measure, super abundant life that Jesus died for you to have. Like I said, those are Jesus's words. Those aren't mine. And that's just the definition of the word that he used. He's saying, everything I have is yours. Can you walk in that identity and receive it? How are you feeling as a parent? Because this is what he wants. In that same way that I rejected my friend's gift of pizza or a compliment, thinking that I was acting humble, I was really acting arrogant. If you have children, 
And let's say you've, you've bought your child the gift that they've always wanted. They're so super excited to receive it someday. They don't know that you bought it. And you're ready to give it to them. And you hand it to them. And they're like, no thanks. I don't, you didn't really need to get me a gift. No, I don't, I don't really need it. And they don't receive the gift. I know how I would feel. I wouldn't be angry at my child for rejecting my gift. I would feel heartbroken that they didn't receive it because I know the delight that it would bring them. And friend, you've been given this gift. Jesus came that you may have life to the full. The desires that he's placed inside of you, those are gifts that he wants to see you unwrap. He wants you to delight in him and delight in those gifts. And when you press them away, when you push them away because you're unable to receive them, holding the idea or the identity that you are a servant and that you're unworthy, it saddens him because he wants you to walk in the fullness of life that he's created you to experience. He has an assignment for you that is super abundant, exceedingly more beyond measure than anything you can think or imagine. And I know that you want to make an impact for the kingdom. I know that is who you are and where you're going. And in order to attain that, in order to reach that place, it's imperative that you learn how to receive and walk in the identity of a son or a daughter instead of identifying as a slave or a servant. Now, if this is resonating with you and you recognize that you identify more as a slave than a son or a daughter, I want you to go and download my free Life Purpose Roadmap. Go to attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose, where you get access to the seven steps to discovering your purpose. But you'll also get an email coaching guide for me for the next 40 days. And in those coaching guides, it'll help you uncover your true identity and the purpose that God created you for, who he's designed you to be. And you can step into your kingdom assignment. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, and leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go Rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic, so I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash 
purpose.